When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 175 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we discuss the Cornhuskers' recent coaching changes. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their new website at cnbuffalo.com. Let's see. We did our season recap episode two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean it was. It might be just over two weeks ago because, like I was saying um, to you before we hit record, we were talking about Dewitt and his impact on special teams or lack thereof. Uh, right. And in between recording the episode and publishing it, he left the team. So that's kind of yeah. when we last spoke. He didn't just leave the team he like walked in the door and shook the hand of his new boss like he was he was gonzo yeah um, he was out the door in the other uh coaching outside linebackers outside linebackers and special teams at uh, north carolina so um good for him I, I i assume that was a mutual parting of the ways i think frost is a very loyal person and he doesn't want to just dump his guys because he cares about them even if they're not panning out as coaches you know if their positions aren't working out so i you know i imagine that was a mutual part of the ways also i read somewhere where maybe being in the north carolina the less drastic cold that maybe it's better for him in his post cancer state he just posted on Hmm. twitter the other day that he's been cancer free for a year i think so um that's awesome yeah absolutely but I also remember reading that because of the chemo or something like that, his body wasn't producing saliva. I don't know if that's perfect, permanent, or, um, or if that's like something he'll regain. But I suppose not being in the super dry, icy climate this time of year would help that. Yeah, yeah, dude. My my forearms are like leather right now. So <laughs> <laughs> take a shower, man. No, no, that's part of the problem. Ex- exfoliate no i need to moisturize, moisturize. Problem. yeah you just need better skincare mike yeah so sorry i'm turning off all the ladies by my rough elbow skin yeah maybe some ladies like that <laughs> brush Ooh, brush the arm on. with the lady in the supermarket and she goes mm, that's a deal breaker <laughs> <laughs> um so joe von dewitt is gone um special teams were a disaster for a variety of reasons. We've already covered that. Um, Mike Dawson was back on the market because he went to, was it the Giants? And they their whole staff got fired. So after going kind of back east, back home, was kind of the way it was spun last year. He didn't necessarily leave. That wasn't necessarily he was asked to leave or it was a mutual parting. It was more that he wanted to be back where his family was at. Mm. Um, that was the story. Uh, didn't work, so now he's back here. He's coaching coaching outside linebacker. He had done defensive line for us. 
He was doing outside linebacker uh, at the Giants, and now he's doing outside linebacker here. So, I mean, you got a guy who knows the system that outside linebackers is, has been well documented. They, they can put their hand in the dirt. They kind of can come up as a, a fourth lineman in the 3-4 or, or drop back and cover. So it's it's got a lot in common with defensive line, but then it's got other elements that are totally different. Um, but Frost likes to hire guys who he knows and who he trusts, and that's that's Mike Dawson. It's interesting. You know, I, I, I think it's a good sign that he left to – coach in the pros to do the position that he's now coaching at Nebraska um, but other than that I mean I, I don't know if we can point to the Giants season as a a really good sign that things are going to improve <laughs> well, so it's a team sport yeah that's um, true that's true I, I didn't watch much of the Giants so I can't say whether or not their outside linebackers looked good or not mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you could speak to that no, I mean they just didn't win games. That's all. Well, I that, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so for me, the most obvious question is: you and I have been concerned about the state of special teams, and the coach who was in charge of special teams just left, mm. and his replacement is not going to be coaching special teams. Yeah, I don't know that we have clarity on who's in charge of special teams or how they're going to divvy that up. I am. Uh, I don't know what to think, man. I think that like the fact that it is 2020 and we don't have a special teams coach coming off of arguably our worst season ever for special teams. That's a point of concern. So you're you are in the camp of we need to have a special teams focus as opposed to divvying it up or something like that i i think so i mean until you can get your feet on the ground again somebody's got to be paying attention to that and like obviously we know nothing (laughs) so they could be addressing it and we have no clue but yeah if if the if the offensive staff was all the same i would say well maybe frost is just gonna take it on maybe Mm -hmm. you know it's a third of the team and he can entrust the offense to the guy who's been running it for the last four years between USC, UCF and here. So maybe, you know, if we were in that instance, I'd say, well, maybe it's just going to – he's going to do what Bo Pelini did in, like, 2014 where he took it over, um, especially punt return, and all of a sudden it got dramatically better. better. But, uh, yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I don't I don't know that I uh, would necessarily agree that there has to be someone just as long as there's a plan and it's not an afterthought. Sure. would be my thought. Yeah. I know there was talk about um, Snyder from Kansas State. His son had been a really great analyst-type guy at Kansas State for a number of years, and someone wrote a story about how he was being considered for a special teams gig. I guess now that our staff is full, I don't know if he can do a background analyst or, like, I don't know how that works, but, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's still a possibility. We'll just have to wait and see. Sure. I just hope that the uh, the local media, when it comes to comes down to the wire, that they'll be asking questions about that, saying, "What is your plan this year, so that we can, as fans, have some peace of mind?" <laughs> How will this be different? Yeah, exactly. Like even leading into the spring game, because there's a lot up in the air for who's going to be playing what. So, sure. Yeah. Fair questions. If you want to know more about Mike Dawson, I would suggest you go back to uh, 
gosh, September, September 18th, 2018, we put out our Troy reaction Michigan preview episode. <laughs> Today we react. Which, at, which I'm sure the, starts out on a great note. <laughs> Today we react to the Troy loss preview Michigan and get to know Mike Dawson. So you could uh, get a feel of what it sounded like when the first season started to go off the rails. Um, but at the end of that episode, we uh, went through Dawson's background and history and all that. And so that'd be a good resource for you. Yeah. An hour and eight minute episode. I'm sure it was fine work. Darkest before the dawn, we called it. There's There's been a lot of like, <laughs> how, how can we find silver lining episode titles over the last couple of years and then the michigan episode would have been like it's it, we're not at the dawn yet it's darker <laughs> should we move forward to the new coach on the offensive side let's do it all right so troy walters left and that followed weeks of internet rumors that he was gone people saying his office was cleared out his kid had been pulled out of public school my guess is that it was like Jovan DeWitt, a mutual parting of ways, but he wasn't he hasn't found a spot to land. And so maybe it drug out because Frost wanted it wanted him to have a place to land. Sure. This is just my guess. Um and so there was rumors, especially about uh Mickey Joseph, who was a former Husker quarterback and was a wide receivers coach at LSU. And in the days after the national championship game, I mean, social media was just ablaze with Mickey Joseph rumors and people questioning sources and people saying, like, what is a source? And uh, so so here's my take. Um, I don't think Twitter is a great resource for, for journalism. What? You mean we shouldn't just, you know, believe a retweet from somebody with 12 followers who follows 30,000 people on Twitter? Well... Well, there's that, but I'm talking about the like the industry of journalism. Mm. I mean, if you think about historically, you've got 24 hours to write an article, and you, it gets published the next morning. So you've got a whole day to source these things because you know there's this. I don't think people realize like if you're the Journal Star or the World Herald, you have to have things confirmed mm-hmm. by X. And I don't know what their sourcing requirements are, but if you're just some idiot with a Twitter handle, you can hear a rumor and tweet it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why lots of times these like uh, historically important newspapers get quote unquote scooped is because they're waiting for more verification on things so that they're not spreading false rumors. But even then you have reporters tweeting what they know or what they're finding. And it just is all happening in the same day. And, and and the, you're seeing the sausage get made, and it's kind of maybe undermining the process instead of if we just had a day go by, and then the newspaper hits the next day, and it, we hear Troy Walters out, Matt Lubick in, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's my, that's my take. Yeah. So all that being said, Troy Walters is no longer the offensive coordinator, and he doesn't have a job that I'm aware of, and... I'm sure he'll be fine financially. I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> $700,000, how much he got paid last year. And uh, Matt Lubick is the new coach. It was announced later that day yeah. after all these rumors were going crazy. And in the, the statement from Matt Lubick, or from Frost about Lubick, he emphasized Lubick was the only guy interviewed for this. So kind of putting to bed all the Mickey Joseph rumors. Sure, but that also sounds like the kind of thing that Frost would say anyway 
Does that make, does that make any sense? That's, like that's that's true. I like and I, I do not know anything about anything. Okay, <laughs> but, but but I just here's my opinion. I, well, no, I get the feeling. You know how like you know rock stars they'll be like, I tell you what, Omaha's the best date we've played on this tour so far. You know, and then the next night he's like, I tell you what, Kansas City is the best date we've played on this tour so far. Like, I get the feeling that Frost is like, he's been my number one guy since the very beginning, only guy I talked to, you know? Like, I don't know. I just just could see that that's kind of part of Frost's brand. Like, I'm behind this guy 100%, and you shouldn't question the decision whatsoever because he's always been my guy. He's the only guy I talked to. I had other people talk to other people, but let's not talk about that. Sure, (laughs) sure. So... That's just kind of my take. No, I think you're oh, you're probably right. Um, and it is it's a good it's a good image to portray mm-hmm. to the world, like of strength and certainty and got it togetherness. And it is certainly plausible that he is a hundred percent telling the truth too. Like if that is actually what happened, I believe it. That or it's um, Stephen Colbert's brand of truthiness. Sure. So I um, I took some notes on. Matt Lubick's background. Okay. Matt Lubick was born in 1972 in Bozeman, Montana, or as my kids say, Bozeman Tozeman, inside family joke. Um, I can't wait until your children listen to this 30 years from now and get a chuckle. (laughs) He played uh, defensive back at Western Montana from 91 to 94 and was a graduate assistant the very next year, 1995, for Sonny Lubick. Colorado State. That's his dad. Hmm. His dad was at Colorado State for a couple decades, the winningest coach they've ever had. So um, their family is kind of resides in uh, Fort Collins. That's I think what where they call home. I think his dad's retired now. Um, Nineteen ninety six, he started uh, actual coaching. He moved on from being a graduate assistant at Cal State Northridge, where he was a defensive backs coach. 1997 and 98, he's wide receivers coach at San Jose State. 99 and 2000, he spent Y2K at Oregon State, where he was the defensive backs coach and recruiting coordinator. 01 to 04, he's uh, back at Colorado State, uh, where he was a graduate assistant previously. Now he was the wide receivers coach for three years, or four years. One, two, three, four, four. <laughs> I can count. Five and <laughs> 05, 06, he's wide receiver coach at Ole Miss. 07, 08, 09, defensive backs coach at Arizona State. And now as you read through his background, you start to see some pretty high praise for him as a recruiter as well. 10, 11, 12, he was Duke's wide receivers coach. And in 2012, according to one news source, he was the wide receiver coach of the year. And he was also a finalist for assistant coach of the year that year. So he's doing doing a good yeah, job. Decent resume. Uh, yeah, 13, 14, 15. He's at wide, uh, wide receiver and passing game coordinator coach at Oregon, where Frost is the offensive coordinator. And um, Frost had previously been the wide receiver coach, so he kind of, Matt steps into a role that Frost had vacated. And then they follow that trend again when Frost goes to UCF. Um, Lubick steps into the offensive coordinator and wide receiver coaching position at Oregon for one year. Um, before they're all fired <laughs> and he leaves. Why'd they all he, get fired, Justin? You know, I don't remember their record that year, but didn't we play them that year or something? 
Was that the yeah the yeah year? that was the go for two year? I'm pretty sure yeah. under Helfrich. Yeah. So so he would have been calling the plays. I don't remember if Helfrich called the plays himself or how that broke down, but yeah, yeah that was his offense. Um, and then he 17 and 18 he co- is co offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach at Washington. But kind of interesting in between there, um, I found this article just digging around here. Uh, back in 2017, the headline is Baylor offensive coordinator Matt Lubick joins Washington for his fourth job in three months. <laughs> so it took him a little a little while to find his way. Um, he's fired from Oregon November, December-ish. Goes beginning of December to Ole Miss. I think before December's over, he's actually now at Baylor. And then Washington offers him the job. And I think at the end of December, he leaves. So that's a little bit wild. So then, I don't know, maybe that's indicative of the fact that after a couple years at Washington, he took a break from coaching football, and he worked for Canvas Credit Union in Fort Collins, Colorado, where his family lives, and um, Canvas Credit Union, I guess, had just made a really significant financial commitment to the university, including naming the stadium, I think, and Hmm. really integrating, and so they thought bringing in, you know, the – the Tom Osborne of Colorado State's son to have this kind of, I don't know exactly what role, it's a little unclear, um, would be a good move for them. I'm sure it was. Um, but then according to his uh, interview on Sports Nightly the other night, he uh, he missed the relationships with mm. the players. And That's so, cool. Yeah, so I wanted to get back into it. So there's some interesting parallels between Frost and uh, Lubick as far as they both are – Children of coaches who have been around football pretty much their whole adult, well, their whole lives. Yeah. They've been in coaching almost their whole lives. Um, and I think that there is some peace of mind in knowing that maybe this speaks to, you, you know, you're always talking about Frost's loyalty. Uh, but the fact that they have worked together before means that, like, this isn't just something where he's randomly hiring somebody because there's a vacancy, you know? Like, right, he, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he pursued this guy. He's like, hey, things aren't going the way that I want them to. Uh, maybe maybe I can convince Lubick to come out of retirement, you know? Well, and they worked together for three years. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've been reading that. This last year, he would actually review film for them as some sort of analyst position. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, he's been... He knows the offense. He can step into it right away. He knows... He knows... He knows of the players. He doesn't know them personally. And and what he, uh, what he said uh, on Sports Nightly was the first thing he was going to be doing was... He actually gets here on Wednesday, which is when, I assume, this episode will come out. And uh, he says, first thing I do is start building trust with the players. He said the best coaches that he's been around are the ones that connect with their players. So he's eager to get to work on building those relationships. Right on. So I think I saw on the Huskers Reddit site, um, I guess the subreddit dedicated to Husker football, people are saying that he might be really good for recruiting. Have you seen anything about that? Uh, Yeah, yeah. It sounds like I think the Sam McEwen and the World Herald had a whole article dedicated to it today. That, oh, yeah, like to his recruiting talents? Yeah, to his oh. recruiting prowess. That okay. He's he's super effective, and I, I saw somewhere where one time he was responsible for almost all of the recruits in one team's class. He's signed the top recruits that a school has ever signed at a couple different places. Um, 
yeah, so he's he's pretty good at that is is what we're what we're seeing. That's really cool. And he does, even though he has connections um, in the uh, SEC, and if you can count that one month stint at Baylor in the Big Twelve, it sounds it looks like most of his um, recruiting chops are going to be oh, and the ACC with Duke. But most of his recruiting happens in the West Coast, so okay. Hmm. Um, you know, maybe we'll fire up Calabrasca again. I don't know. <laughs> that did enter my mind, but I wasn't going to say anything. Dig out those old shirts. Oh man, there was so much money to be made on making those shirts for a brief summer. <laughs> summer of love of Mike Riley. Endless bummer. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else to talk about with Matt Lubick? Not with Lubick. I think, yeah, I think his offenses were obviously quite potent at Oregon. They maybe weren't quite as potent at Washington, but, you know, I think they were pretty good those years. So they're in a conversation for – they're competing to win their conference or winning their conference and were in the conversation for the college football playoffs. So, I mean, hey, that's what we want. Yeah, absolutely. So I went to the Remington Trophy Awards dinner the other night. Ooh, how was that? That was that was fun. A buddy got me a ticket. Wife and I went. It was great. Got to hear from Scott Frost. He's a funny guy. Got to hear from a lot of former Huskers. All the Heisman Trophy winners were there. A whole bunch of linemen were there. It was fun. That's cool. Eric Crouch shared a story that I had never heard before. He said he's used it a lot, but I thought I would have remembered this. He said he described... Um, the Notre Dame game at Notre Dame, and he said that before the game he was he had like cotton mouth. I feel like I was talk, talking with my wife about this. I feel like he was implying that it was nerves, but she disagrees. She said it was just cotton mouth and not related to nerves. But whatever the case, he said his mouth was so dry and he's in the the huddle or something, and he's like, I can't call a play. So he like looked at his line. He's like, somebody needs to spit in my mouth. What? And he said he looked at the tackle and he was like what and he looked at the guard and then before he could ask it again dominic riola was like i'll do it and then he was like oh my gosh and spin his mouth that's like a nightmare for me (laughs) (laughs) have you ever heard that story no i've never i've never heard that story before so anyway he he accepted like the the uh remington legacy award for dominic riola who Mm. had won it 20 years ago or something wow pretty wild <laughs> but yeah it's fun good times i hope to go next year that'd be sweet should live tweet it next time uh, that might be tacky it. that might be tacky <laughs> i was also like on a date with my wife so mm. i think having my phone out would have been counterproductive yeah to that Look, yeah babe. yeah way to go justin i'm proud of you <laughs> no, thanks hey um so speaking of things on the internet have you checked out central nebraska buffalo's website yet i'm on it now it's really sharp y'all should go check it out you've got information about their farm you can shop bison meat you can check out nutrition which is a big deal this is why bison i think that's something that we've maybe not spent enough time on but it's a healthy option my favorite part i mean you've got Shots of all the different cuts, all the packaging, in, in packaging, but all the different things you can order. 
And then you go down to the bottom of the page and you can see some of their Instagram posts. And I am just, I've never been to Monarch Prime and Bar in Omaha, but I just feel just from seeing the pictures that Kendra's posting on their Instagram, it's like they're doing art with meat. (laughs) It's just so, I don't know, the word exquisite comes to mind. The, 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 The care and the artistry that they're putting in to making all these different dishes with with their buffalo, it's it's pretty sweet. So anyway, um, I want to go to there. Wow, thirty rock reference in twenty twenty, man. You got it. I dig it. And don't forget, there's actually something very important that you can do on this website, which is buy the bison meat. I don't know if you buy actually the said bison. that, Justin. Maybe I you did. Uh, <laughs> I said I implied it, but I didn't say okay. it. There's all kinds of options here. I'm looking at a family box, a starter box, got all kinds of different cuts of meat in there. They're selling jerky. They got hot dogs. So if, if you uh, want to just peruse the site, they got all kinds of options there for you. And uh, I think they said they mail them out on Mondays. So you should be eating buffalo by the end of the week. Unless you live in Omaha or Lincoln or Grand Island. If you're in Omaha, you can go to Just Good Meats. If you're in Lincoln, you can go to Leon's Gourmet Grocer, and if you're at uh, in Grand Island, you can go to Hy-Vee. That's true. I could. I don't. I don't know if they're still open at this point, but I could just run over to Leon's right now. Easy peasy. Or if you live in Hordeville, hit them up. Just go <laughs> knock on their door. Right. You know what's funny is I didn't realize they lived in Hordeville. Like why? What is, do you know Hordeville? Yeah, man, I know Hordeville like the back of my hand. That's where. <laughs> you know Hord. Covenant Cedars Bible Camp is in Hordeville. Oh, was, right. I spent a lot of time out there. <laughs> maybe, maybe you've seen some Central Nebraska buffalo. It's and I don't remember seeing buffalo, but I don't know. No, it, it'd be funny to see their families had buffalo out there for a long time. I think I don't know if it's right by Hordeville. Yeah, I mean anyway. I've seen a lot of cows in Hordeville, but I've actually <laughs> run down dirt roads and have cows chase me. Or not chasing me, like follow me along on the other side of the fence. Oh, but, no, yeah. I've, I've done that too. That's kind of unnerving. Not in Hornville, mm-hmm. in my grandparents' yeah. ranch. <laughs> yeah, yep. It's like there's a herd of large animals running while I'm running, and they're separated by a thin strand of barbed wire. Yeah, so, I mean, if you if you live in Central City, I'm sure that they'd be willing to meet you at the Dairy Queen because that's the only thing in Central City. So Shoot, we, we just lost all our listeners in Central City. No, don't kill the Central City demographic. Actually, you know what? If you are in Central City and listening, and you're listening to this podcast, I want to know. Please reach out to us because that'd be kind of neat. Solid. All right. Well, hey, I think that's I think that's all there really is to talk about. Indeed. Go big red, Mike. Go big red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.